Hour number three of the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. This is the program where we talk about the news of the week and the events of our often bizarre lives and where we provide you with a three-hour oasis of honesty and rationality in the desert of insanity, which is the American media, cultural, and political landscape. Lots to get to, as is usually the case in hour number three. Leah, I want to take a look at the state of the race, and I'm sensing from your different tone this week, of course, I am often wrong in evaluating uh, your thoughts, so that's why I always want to make sure I get them directly from you. But is it fair to say that you have given up on, on any real hope of Donald Trump winning this election? Oh, yeah. It's not going to happen. All right. Now- and, and, and a lot, I mean, well, all of it is his fault, but especially this week, when we're this close to the election and he's slamming these women and keeping the narrative going. He's just shoveling it to the media. So he won't talk about policy. He really won't talk about Hillary. All he'll say is look in WikiLeaks. Well, you asked me to look in WikiLeaks, and I I, I don't want to do it. It's just too much. My sense is that Trump hasn't looked at WikiLeaks either. He's just he's just using right, he, right. He's just using that as a buzzword uh, <laughs> because you know somebody on the on the on the internet, uh, you know. All I know is what's on the internet. Told him told him to take a look at. Oh my God, these horrible emails on WikiLeaks. So look, and obviously I agree with you. If you go to freespeechbroadcasting.com right now, the the official John and Leah show percentages for who's going to win the presidency are ninety eight percent for Hillary, two percent. For Donald Trump. However, I, I will say this, and I am someone, this is a caveat, I am someone who, having worked as a pollster briefly and having commissioned several major polls myself, I'm someone that believes that one of the major mistakes, and there are lots, that pundits make in political campaigns is that they evaluate the polls too quickly after an event. Yes. I think it takes time for events to soak in, even as dramatic as the events of the last week or two with the Billy Bush tape and the accusers and all that. Yes, it has. These stories have have had greater immersion in this fragmented age than almost any other story you could possibly have. But even then, it still takes some time. So I'm not sure all of this is yet built in to the polls. And we might still see some movement away from Trump tomorrow and Tuesday as the the polls start to catch up. But as of today, while it's clear that Hillary is the heavy, heavy, heavy favorite to win, you could at least still make an argument that Trump is in the game. Now, here's what you would have to do to make that argument. You'd have to believe that the NBC poll that came out today that had Trump losing by 11 points was bullcrap. Because if, if the NBC poll that came out today is remotely accurate, this thing is over. It is absolutely over. Now, also coming out today was an ABC poll that showed, and this ABC poll, if, you in, or if you're in the polls, go check out the data on the ABC Washington Post poll 
because it's one of the strangest polls I've ever seen in my life, Leanne. As you know, I read hundreds and hundreds of polls every election season. Here's this is this poll. This poll has as a final result Hillary only up by four points. Now you would think that after the week that Trump has had, right? Right. This that's well, an when was this done? Well, it was done. It finished just before the accusers started coming forward. Yeah. Okay. But, All right. But and you know I don't know. It's 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 an open question yet. How many uh, people are going to actually have their minds changed by the accusers themselves? I I happen to believe that people are evaluating the accusers based upon what they already want to believe about Trump. If they like Trump, they want to vote for him. The accusers are lying, or it doesn't matter. If they hate Trump, the accusers are telling the truth. So I well, I didn't really think the Billy Bush thing would have any impact at all. Really? No. Well, it if you you could argue and and. And this is going to be one of many frustrations for me if this if this election turns out as it might, because I think there are people uh, and Trump is one of them trying to build the narrative that the Bush tape cost him the election. And there is no evidence of that. None. No, 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 I don't believe that. If you if you take a look at where the polls were heading after the first debate, which Trump clearly lost, where he clearly wet the bed, where he clearly choked where he clearly showed himself to 84 million people to not be presidential timber. At that moment, the polls were basically where they are now. So, I mean, now there's some, I I will acknowledge, Lee, we're in a really weird spot with regard to the polling because you'll you'll see pockets where Trump has collapsed. I'll give you an example of something that came out today that is inconsistent with the ABC and even the NBC poll, which shows you know, Hillary winning by a significant margin. I, I want to get back to ABC in a minute because it's amazing. But so far, there has not been an overwhelming amount of data to suggest that there has been a collapse in support for Trump, except he's at 29% in Virginia in the last poll. Yeah, 29% in a state that used to be a key Republican state. In fact, yeah, it's not anymore, though. It'll I, never be. I understand that, but it was at least a battleground. 29%. You're not even in the ballpark. Forget about battleground. You're, you're not, you, you can't even buy a ticket to get in the stadium at 29%. So, uh, so that's really, that's an indication of collapse. Uh, he's still winning Utah, but, but the three polls in Utah, I think, average out, have him at like, 31% in Utah. Now he's got, you know, a couple different, he's got uh, a conservative challenger there and Evan McMullen, uh, who is a Mormon, uh, who is going to take at least 20, maybe 25% of the vote. But when you're at those numbers in Virginia and Utah, I'm sorry, I, you can be running against Adolf Hitler and you're gonna you're not going to win. Uh, and in some people's minds. Utah's bad. Virginia, pfft. That government is so bloated in Virginia now. No, but, but Leah, Leah, Leah. The, well, the, I, look, Virginia's a, it's done. It's done. But I, Utah's scary. No, but just for the record, I've always, by the way, and I, I know that, you know, talk show hosts always pat themselves on the back too much. If you recall, way back at the beginning of this whole fiasco, when right. we were, when Mitt we were, Romney could kill him. When we, well, I, I said that in Utah. I said, look out for Utah. Yes. Uh, that that could, if you, if you need to take Trump out, you can take him out in Utah, and Romney could do it by himself. But I also said, this is even before that. You may not recall this. When we were first contemplating what a Trump general election would be like, one of the first things I said is, 
There's no way for Trump to be competitive in Virginia. And if you're right. not competitive, you've got to be at least competitive in Virginia to have a shot. All right, let me just go back to the, to the ABC poll. So Trump's only losing by four in the ABC poll. I think it's 48, 44 um, in the, in the four way. I think it's in the four way. That's 48, 44, which is competitive. I mean, it's, it's almost the margin of error. The interlow 50. Well, it's way below (laughs) 50, but, and he's never, the, the problem for Trump is, and I've said this time and time and time again, national polls, Trump has to get, to 46 to have any chance because that's the lowest number Hillary can get nationwide. And there's never been any indication he can get to 46. And there's still no any indication he can get to 46 nationwide in a four person race. But anyway, just to finish with the ABC point, if you look at this poll, even though he's only down four, he is getting slaughtered in the, in the internals. The percentage of people who think that he has the right temperament or that he is qualified to be president or different questions they ask are all in the mid-30s. 68% of the people in the ABC poll, this is before the accusers came out, said they believe Trump makes unwanted advances on women. 68% before the accusers. And yet he's only losing by four. Now, I think there's two, there's only two reasons, there's two explanations for this. I think that the sample, while the sample was fine politically, they got a weird sample of women in this particular poll because Trump was not, Hillary's only up eight among women in this poll, which seems awfully odd uh, and way low. She should be up way more than eight. But more importantly than that, um, I think what's really happening here is that Hillary is so hated and so distrusted and her brand is so bad that it doesn't people there are so many people who I guess you would call them Republicans who are willing to hold their nose over anything yeah in order to vote for him it doesn't matter if you think that he's grope people it doesn't matter what it is yes but, but maybe the most amazing stat and I'll leave you with this before we go to break most amazing stat, and this is one of the more remarkable statistics I've seen in any poll this year. They asked, is Donald Trump a moral person? <laughs> and as you might expect, the numbers weren't great. But here's the really striking result. Stick this in your hat and try to figure this one out to mix a metaphor. 48% of evangelical Christians said yes to that question 18% of people who are non-religious said that Donald Trump is a moral person. Non-religious people were far, far, far less likely to say that Donald Trump is a moral person than evangelical Christians. Now, that is mind-blowing. You yeah, would, you that would, is a, that's weird. You would think it would be the exact opposite, right? That Christian These people, people apparently aren't keeping up with the news. <laughs> They're not watching anything. They've had enough. I think it's a disease. I really, I think it's a disease. All right, when we come back, I went on the uh, Glenn Beck show this week and I wrote a column for Mediate with a theory that I have about how conservatives should respond to the recent polling data indicating that this is now a pipe dream for Donald Trump to win this election. And I'll outline what that was and get Leah's reaction when we come back on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.
This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And, and Leah, that's the music that we really should play the week after the election is finally over. Ode to joy. Yes. Regardless. We made it. Regardless. <laughs> it won't be over the election results. It'll be just over the fact that it's apparently over with. Although, you know, the way Trump and his his uh, sycophants are, are screaming about a rigged election, I, I'm sincerely concerned that uh, it might not be over on November 8th as far as the damage that could be done. And and that leads me to a column that I wrote this week for Mediate, which you can find at freespeechbroadcasting.com, as well as an interview I did with Glenn Beck on the very same subject. Both the interview and the column are at freespeechbroadcasting.com. Uh, John Ziegler, I, I think he's fantastic. What a what a interesting mind he has yeah well it's a, but uh but uh but uh <laughs> interesting mind well i think that would be a fair assessment of this theory that i put forward in the column and the interview with glenn beck which is okay and i'm summarizing very quickly here for time purposes here's the deal conservatives trump is not going to win the scalia seat and whatever other judgeships happen over the next four years are gone all right now, we might be able to mitigate some of the damage if we don't lose Congress, but the reality is Trump is not going to be the next president of the United States. So what world do you want to live in starting November 9th? Do you want to live in a world where Trump is able to claim a rigged election, even though it clearly wasn't? Do you want to live in a world where Trump is still a major force, where Trumpism is seen as not having been rejected by the American people and by the conservative movement? Do you want him to continue to be an influence? Or do you want to see him eradicated like a, a horrendous cancer so that come 2020, there's actually a chance to take Hillary Clinton out because she'll be incredibly vulnerable. She'll be trying to win a fourth consecutive term for the Democratic Party during an era of economic stagnation as an unpopular president who's going to be in her almost mid-70s at that point, assuming she lives that long, because I, mean, I hear she has Parkinson's, according to the right-wing nut jobs. I don't believe that she does. But the reality is that she's going to be in a, a really bad spot under the best of circumstances because the, the economy is not going to boom in the next four years, folks. If anything, it's going to tank. And so, in my view, conservatism and the Republican Party and the country, you could argue, would be in much better shape if Trump is crushed in this election than if Trump simply loses by, let's say, a Romney margin or even a McCain margin. You know, a normal, you know, boy, nice try, but it just didn't work. If you had a couple breaks, maybe it could have gone differently kind of. Situation. Why? Because you think the stupid people that voted will think better next time? No, 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 no. I've lost any hope. That yeah, because that's not happening. No, no, no. I agree with that. But you, but you would be taking away some of their options to create chaos if you follow my thinking, which I will further illustrate. Uh, and when we come back on the John and Leah show again, you can check out the column and the interview with Glenn Beck at our website, www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. It's the John and Leah show. More coming up next.
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. If you go to freespeechbroadcasting.com, check out, among many things, the uh, column I wrote this week about why conservatives who are sane should consider strategically, strategically voting for Hillary Clinton, assuming that they accept the premise that Donald Trump is not going to win. And I outlined there the argument that for the country and for conservatism, things are a lot better in the long run, meaning four to eight years from now, if Trump is crushed than if he loses a small in a small, a small margin, especially one small enough for him to be able to claim that this thing was rigged and cause all sorts of social unrest. But more importantly than that, Leah Brandon, that allows him to remain enormously viable going forward and potentially even decide to run again in 2020. Now, you, you made a very good point. Are you, John, are you really thinking that the people who put Trump in this position will think more clearly next time. No, I'm no. not I'm not that naive. I No, I, in fact, they're going to ratchet it up next time okay. because of everything Hillary does. Well, see, I actually think Hillary is the key to my theory. See, cuz I think that this perfect storm here hear me out is a combination of the love of Trump and his big fat hairy scrotum that is so different than Romney and McCain and fighting for the little guy, even though that's a complete fraud, but that's the perception combined with a hatred of Hillary there. I actually think, and the polls bear me out on this and you actually alluded to this earlier. The I love Trump contingent is smaller than the I despise Hillary contingent of, of Trump's vote. Yeah. So the I hate Hillary is still going to be there, maybe even more intense after four years of her as president with a failed economy. So that part's still going to be there. The part I want to eradicate is the cancer that is Trumpism. Now, let me go through the way the world will be or would be if Trump is crushed. And what I mean by crushed is something that's worse than what McCain did in 2008. Okay. Ideally, a little bit worse than even that. But but that's clearly a, a sensible threshold. If that happens, he cannot claim rigged, and he will, we know Trump, Leah, will do an embarrassing, even by Trump standards, downward spiral uh, of of insanity as rantings. Oh yeah, it'll be it'll be epic. His concession speech will be horrendous. Uh, his his Twitter storm will will be horrific. He will embarrass the living daylights out of himself as his brand that has always been that of a winner is now forever in the history books that of a big fat loser. Okay? Now, that doesn't mean he goes away, but it means he is greatly diminished. And what will end up happening, see, these things are all dominoes. If he loses close and he's still viable for 2020, guess what the media does? Every time he burps or tweets, it's a big story. But if it's clear he's not viable for 2020 and he was clearly rejected, 
then all of a sudden the media doesn't cover everything that he does. And that gets him more frustrated as he starts to think he's becoming irrelevant. And it also, by the way, diminishes the chances of Trump TV being successful. Trump TV needs a viable showing. And that's why I think they decided to go in the direction they did at the last debate. The last debate and everything that's happened since is about two things, Trump's ego and, as you've said, solidifying his base. And by base, he doesn't mean base of the traditional Republican Party. He means the drudge Alex Jones, Breitbart, alt-right Trump fan base. The people that- So this whole alt-right thing was created during this election. I don't even know what that means. No one does. It's just one of those BS media terms. But the point here, and I, I get your confusion, but the point here is, do you see where I'm going with this? That this is about creating a base of subscriptions, $10 a month, whatever it's going to be, for the, for whatever entity that Steve Bannon and Dave Bossie and Donald Trump try to, to create in order to salvage this fiasco, because if it goes the way it looks like it's going, they will have lost, maybe badly. Who knows what the damage in Congress will be? Trump's brand is going to be tortured, not just by the loss, but by the the, the allegations of sex abuse and the grabbing of, of vaginas and what have you. So now he's got to salvage this in some way. He's got to make create a money-making venture. And that's what where Trump TV is going to be. Well, if he gets crushed, Trump TV is going to be much more difficult. And the other thing that happens if Trump gets crushed is that the conservative media industrial cabal, as I refer to it, is going to have consequences. If this is Maybe. Rel- if this is rel- no if this is relatively close, there will be no consequences because the conservative media cabal, they will be able to uh, in some sense and it's not going to be true, but they'll be able to sell the idea that Trump lost because the establishment didn't support him enough. That the never-Trumpers like me caused this defeat. Now, the numbers won't back that up, but it doesn't matter. Numbers are not the Trumpers' strong point. So so that isn't, you know, that's an argument that they will be able to make if Trump doesn't get crushed. But if Trump does get crushed, they will not be able to blame the establishment. They will not be able to blame never-Trumpers. And Sean Hannity, as an example, will be torched that Sean Hannity will have no audience because assuming he stays at Fox, the core audience that he used to have of real conservatives will no longer trust him. They will know that he was a sellout and he sold us out for a couple of magic beans that did not work. And he got exposed as much as anyone can ever get exposed. Meanwhile, the Trump fans without Trump being a viable force, they're going to lose interest fast. They're going to go to NASCAR and Duck Dynasty and whatever else that they do with their lives, and they're not going to watch Sean Hannity anymore. So if Trump is diminished and Trump is crushed, Sean Hannity, for one, is done. Now, Drudge, I don't know what's going to happen to him under those circumstances because Drudge's entire business model is very different. But I think Breitbart is in big trouble. Yeah, un- they're toast. Under that circumstance. So if if only, if if I could... You know, and I can't guarantee anything, but under the scenario where Trump is crushed, you diminish him, you turn, you cr- create a tailspin for him emotionally, 
You eliminate him running in 2020. You probably get rid of Sean Hannity. You almost certainly get rid of Breitbart as a viable force. And I believe that we we as a movement, as, a, as conservative Republicans, whatever, non-Democrats, whatever the hell it is that still unites us, are in a hell of a position in 2018 where the Senate map is very much in our favor and in 2020 where we're running against an unpopular, surely unsuccessful, old president trying to run for a fourth consecutive Democratic term during an era of economic stagnation. I like our chances there. Now, there's a price that we're already going to be forced to pay, which is the judges. I get it. I get it, folks. But Scalia, you should have thought about that before you nominated a guy who couldn't win. If Scalia was that important, and I believe he should have been, then you know what? The moment Scalia died, we all should have said, okay, let's come to our senses here. It doesn't matter anything else. Nothing else matters except electability. That's what should have been the the, the the rallying cry as soon as Scalia died. And bizarrely, Leah, of all the bizarre things that, that did and did not happen during this crazy year, Scalia's death did nothing to hamper Trump at all. In fact, if you look at the stats, it actually seemed to help him a little bit. And and that's Well, me- yeah, because but you, but you have to remember, you know, who what Trump was projecting. I mean, he was knocking down candidates on that stage left and right. And so people believed he would knock down Hillary Clinton in a second. Well, we never believed that. I mean, I No, but I, you know, the average person who I, I mean, well, you know. I I predicted from day 1 that the debates would go very poorly for Trump and I believe I've been vindicated in that. But do no, the do, second one uh, <laughs> was pretty good. Not according to the polls. The polls had have all which the, polls? The CNN poll. The sci- all the scientific polls have, in fact, including polls out today. Every single scientific poll I've I've seen shows that Hillary is perceived to have won the second debate. I mean, now, come on. But, Leah, Anybody could look at that debate and know she really was off her game. Yeah, but he was a complete jackass, and um. And and frankly, I think part of the reason why the polls show that Hillary won that debate is that I think a lot of voters have just crossed Trump off. I mean, that they don't even consider him anymore. That as I described, maybe him, as I, I des- mean, as I described him that night, he's a political eunuch. Nothing he does matters at this point. He he can't. He's impotent. There's nothing that he can do be, be largely well, because of. Billy I Bush think this week. Else. I think this week, uh, the Billy Bush thing, honestly. No impact. Uh, but this week, what he's done in response to the to the women, the cuts that we played earlier, I mean, and and the fact that he talks about it constantly and tweets about it, he never sleeps. It's ridiculous. Right, now, he's doing it to himself. But Leah, do you agree with me that the world is potentially a better place? Assuming we've accepted the fact that Trump's going to lose, that the world is a better place if Trump gets crushed, then if Trump loses in a close race. Do you see where I'm going with that? <laughs> okay. I see where you're going with it. Um, I think as I listen to you talk about how this goes, it coincidentally, every single entity that you hate gets taken out. So I'm wondering if that's your bias that is really getting this plan. Because here's how I see it. Mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton and her foreign policy 
has set the world, and you're talking about the world being a better place, has set the world on fire. She is completely clueless. Not only that, but everyone around her is clueless. These are the people who gave John Kerry the Secretary of State post. You're forgetting the premise of the entire argument, which is that Hillary is going to win. There's nothing we can do at this point to stop that. That's that horse has left the okay. barn. Let's so do we want to live in a world where is, Trump is around or Trump is not as much around and okay. fades away I don't like think Sarah Trump Palin? Is going to, I think you are crazy to even assume that he would think about a second run. There's no way. Are not you? happening. No, but it doesn't matter if he would do it or not. It's the threat of it. Look what Sarah Palin did threatening to run for two different uh, cycles and never there was never any chance of that happening. And Sarah Palin didn't even have the didn't have the money allegedly that Trump has and and frankly she didn't even have the fame that Trump has. So well, I mean this is this is Trump if he loses by a close margin, is Sarah Palin on steroids for causing problems going forward? If he gets crushed, I believe that that he fades away like the current Sarah Palin has. I think <laughs> I, I think it's a very uh, apt uh, description, one that I'm obviously intimately familiar with. Considering, I think I think he'll go back to what he's comfortable with, and that is doing his television shows. Uh, well, that's not an option anymore. I mean, unless he creates his own network. It will be if network. he has his own. Well, but yeah. I, I that but but that only is successful. See, I think it's all about what the margin is. If he is a completely destroyed candidate, I think Trump TV becomes a much much more difficult proposition. All right, you can, as I said, check out my column and the interview with Glenn Beck at FreeSpeechBroadcasting.com. I won't be able to convince Leah, but. Maybe I'll be able to convince you. Uh, We'll wrap things up when we come back on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com where you can check out the podcast for this program uh, certainly by tomorrow morning although uh, the SoundCloud version I understand are now going to be posted uh, very soon after the show so if you're interested in that and if you missed the uh, the first couple hours of the program on the SoundCloud version of the podcast at freespeechbroadcasting.com you should be able to get them uh, really almost immediately after uh, this uh, program is over uh, Leah, in the final moments that we have, I want to very quickly touch on a couple things, and I think I want to revisit our announcement uh, from the beginning of the show. So if you could have that clip ready to go again, that that would be uh, helpful. Okay. But but real quick, there were two things I wanted to talk about that we're not going to have much time to delve into. One is the rumors are that Billy Bush is going to end up getting fired from NBC because of this yes. whole tape fiasco. I'm curious what you make of that, because t- to me, that it's so classically 2016, the the nuttiest, craziest year ever, that Bush ends up getting punished more as a TV host than Trump will likely be as the Republican presidential nominee, at least among Republicans, and loss of support because of that tape. What's your take on that? I tell you what, NBC, they're just nothing but evil over there. I mean, they moved. He told them, apparently, about this tape, that he had it. 
And then there was some grandiose way they were going to put it out there, but it got leaked. And so now they've got to do something. Um, And, you know, I hate NBC. I don't think Billy Bush should be uh, punished for it. Do a little suspension with pay and bring him back. I agree. People love Billy Bush. I agree with that. I mean, you know, while the tape didn't make him look good, his job at Access Hollywood was to kiss the backside of stars. You bet. He was doing his job by kissing Trump's butt. What was he supposed to do? Be offended? Right. (laughs) And, and, And look, I mean, it was not a good moment for him, but I don't know that it was a a fireable offense. And you mentioned the leaking of the tape. What I find really interesting, and, and this is not proven, but this has been reported fairly extensively and it makes some sense. Apparently, Billy Bush got hosed by the hurricane. Yes. Because what was going to happen was NBC was going to release it on their own and they were going to edit Cut it out, out. Yeah. The, the negative Billy Bush stuff. Somehow, and this has not been made clear to me, the Washington Post got the raw tape. Although, interestingly, not not to get conspiratorial, it's not really the raw tape. Did you notice at the beginning when the bus is rolling up that there's a clear edit? The the video jumps, like, clearly a a second or two. And I'm wondering if that's, like, residual from the the efforts to to try to save Billy Bush. I don't know what it is. It just seemed odd. The point here is, that the 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 version that got played first got played by the Washington Post because NBC decided not to dump the tape in the middle of a hurricane, and right, so because they wanted uh, you know a bunch of coverage on this, and wall to wall hurricane wouldn't do it. Well, the Washington Post jumped them, and it turned out that the, the, the hurricane dissipated. I mean, the timing on this is just extraordinary. If the hurricane, I'm telling you, somebody at NBC wanted Billy Bush out. Mm. I think. I think nah. they didn't want to oh, wait no, they, and they uh, wanted him out. And so you think they gave it to the Washington Post? Of course. Yeah, interesting. That's a possibility. The other story that I, I wanted to um, at least reference, uh, being a, a, a former huge fan of Tiger Woods and being one of the world's foremost Tiger Woods experts, I don't know if you saw this this week, but this was one of the strangest developments that I've seen in a long time and maybe ever in Tiger's career. Tiger was supposed to return from over a year absence this week at a tournament here in California, and it was a huge to-do. 30,000 people bought tickets. There was going to be massive television coverage. He was going to be paired with Phil Mickelson to play in the tournament. And then, effectively, at the last moment, he got stage fright and dropped out of the tournament. Tiger Woods, the great Tiger Woods, now can't even play in a tournament out of apparent stage fright. We're living in really bizarre world times and then i will leave you with the the clip that i referenced uh, a few moments ago which we started the show with we had a little get together at uh, my wife's parents place today to announce that after uh, months and months of effort we have been successful in our quest to have a, a second child as my four-year-old daughter announced here to the crowd grace ziggler would like to make an announcement to everybody go ahead grace loud and clear Yes. Yeah, so now, did everybody there know already? 
Actually, uh, not. But, no, I'd, I'd say a few did, not that many. Unfortunately, they had heard because of our radio show <laughs> a few of them, which did not make my wife happy at all. Uh, but most were surprised. The, the worst part of that was, as you could tell from Grace's voice, we didn't get, have her get the food out of her mouth before she made the announcement. But she did. Oh, a- she sounded adorable. Congratulations. Well, Leah, thank you so much. I'm sure we'll have lots and lots of updates on how that goes. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much for your time. Podcast yes. at freespeechbroadcasting.com. Until next week, she's Leah Brandon. I'm John Ziegler. So long, everybody.